My patient is a 77-year-old Caucasian lady looking 10 years at least younger than her stated age who had regular mammograms yearly but missed 2006 and was found mammographically to have a 2.5 approximately centimeter in her right breast. The tumor was 90% ER positive, 5% progesterone positive, HER2 by FISH negative. The patient was menopausal at age 50 and never took any hormonal therapy subsequent to that. She was T3NOMO by sentinel node biopsy. And during the course of her interview, she said, you know, Dr. Arena, 25 years ago, you gave me chemo for my other breast cancer. Well, all the records are gone. We couldn't even get pathology from the hospital. So I had to backtrack on what I would have treated her with. She stopped visiting after her chemo was complete. She followed with the surgeon who did her original surgery and did her present surgery for only five years. In doing this, I had to find out what I would have treated her with, which probably would have been CMF. This was 1982, so yeah, that sounds like And she said, I don't want to have chemotherapy again. And I looked back and I asked her, I said, well, did I give you any pills? Because initially, when we used tamoxifen, the five-year length was not established yet. We might have given it longer. But the bottom line is now she's got a 2.5 centimeter ER-positive node-negative tumor, correct? Yes. I'm kind of curious about the issue about oncotype in this lady. She's 77. What kind of condition is she in? Superb. She looks 10 years younger. If she needed it, do you think she would have taken the chemo? I don't know if she would have taken it. If she needed it, I think she would have tolerated it. So would you be thinking about oncotype? So, Neil, you asked the most important question before we order any test of any kind, whether it's CT scans or whatever. Is the test going to help you make a decision? Because if she walks into the office and she says, I had chemotherapy 25 years ago, I hated it, there's no way you're going to give it to me, you have your answer. You don't need to do anything else. So this is a T2 lesion. And do you have a tumor grade? the pathology uh, grade at the time of surgery? Moderately well differentiated. So this would be a grade two lesion. So let's, for the sake of hypothesis, I mean, if this is someone who's walking into the office as a 2.5 centimeter sentinel node negative, grade two lesion, ER 90%, PR 5% HER2 negative, those are the patients where it could go either way. If you're trying to guess what the oncotype, the X recurrence score is going to be. And these are, when you look at the data from the validation studies, they almost had only 14% of patients less than one centimeter, almost no patients with tumors greater than five centimeters, to the point that the Taylor X study excludes right now patients with tumors greater than five centimeters for the study. So if she felt that, she told me, Dr. Wolf, I think it would help me make a decision. And if this was a patient that I would consider chemotherapy and she would potentially consider chemotherapy, I think this is one example where I would order the Oncotype TX. Just to play with numbers a little bit, if she, instead of 77, she was 85. I would say 
I'm caught on what you said about her being a young woman, younger than age 77. So I would go more in terms of the function for these individuals, especially for an 85-year-old woman, the median life expectancy is another six years. And if she were a high recurrence score, what chemo would you be thinking about? Yeah, so that's when you start dealing with dilemmas in the clinic. Let's assume that she comes back with a high recurrence score and she would be receiving adjuvant chemo. I probably... The most common regimen that I tend to use for patients when I'm talking about some form of chemotherapy, usually my core chemotherapy tends to be AC. But then we're all becoming more and more influenced by the fact that we are causing problems, especially in older women who may have normal left ventricular ejection fraction. MAGA scans don't tell us the whole story about what may be happening with their heart. So this could be one example where I could use a regimen that I've used only a few times in situations like this, which would be something like TC. Skip. And if she was 87, she'd get the AI. And if she was 67, I'd probably talk her into TC times four. And being 77 and looking as good as Paul says she does, I would talk to her about the Oncotype. I agree with Antonio's comments. If she says there's no way in the world I'm taking chemotherapy, I wouldn't get the test. But if she's willing to roll the dice and see how it comes back, this would be the kind of patient I'd order it on. Because actually functional, you know, she could go quite a few more years. And I would probably do TC times four. I'd give docetaxel, so I talk some more more commonly. I don't give AC times four very often anymore, unless I'm giving it in sequence with paclitaxel or in a regimen where it's part of the sequence. If I'm going to give just four cycles of chemotherapy, I tend to give the TC as my regimen. What have you observed in terms of tolerability of TC? It was claimed to be safer and better tolerated than AC. People in practice question whether that really is the case. What's your experience? I mean, I have found that there's a big difference in docetaxel at 75 versus 100. So I've found the 75-600 has gone fairly well. And patients that have been more fragile without any data to support it, I've done 60-600 a few times. And if I've got somebody at risk for mild suppression, even though it's just 75 and 600, I will give them some new lasta with it. But in general, I feel like I put the cardiotoxicity risk aside by doing that. And so that's an attractive feature. So I think all in all, it's been about like the trial came out. It's not non-toxic, but it's easier to give than AC times four. Paul, can you briefly follow up with what happened with the patient? First of all, you gentlemen were on target. Her recurrence score was 17, right under the line. And the question that I would have is, if they're under the line, irrespective, I mean, this is a patient that's ready to go 18, do you still use a a hormonal therapy because she falls within that range? Or are there gradations within that range that would make you think, well, this one's too high, we might as well slip her into the moderate to high-risk group. That's the question. So this is a perfect example of a consultation that may take two hours as you're trying to decide with the patient what to do. And if you go by the original definitions of the low, intermediate, and high risk, not what's being used in the Taylor Act, she would be at 18, below 18, she would be in the low risk. And on average, for all patients in the low risk, there was essentially no benefit from chemotherapy. Can you start potentially subsetting and perhaps you could have a low, low, intermediate, low, and a high, low. And so she may be potentially at the high, low. And actually, yesterday, I was playing with the genomic version of adjuvant online. And when you start throwing numbers like this, 17, 16 or so, you start seeing a small, absolute benefit from the addition of chemotherapy to patients who are otherwise with a low recurrence score. So just reminding us that this is not a ladder where you're moving from one step to another, but a continuous variable 
and along these lines, in part because of it, actually the revised numbers being used for the Taylor X study would use the interval between 11 and 25 as the intermediate group eligible for randomization. Although my understanding about that is that that was more for research purposes and and it really doesn't change the way you look at what an intermediate or low risk score. Is that your take, Skip? Correct, yes. And I think they had to pick a number that maybe would make more sense for interpreting the trial, but that the original low intermediate high was much sharper divisions, 11 and below. And So what would you be thinking about in this lady with a recurrent score of 17? I kind of go back door, let my nurse tell her what four cycles of TC is going to be like. And if D scares them to death with four cycles of TC, it's sort of a done deal. And I often get into that other bailout conversation where I say, are you going to lose sleep at night if you don't take four cycles of chemotherapy? And if you can go to sleep, not worry about this, I'm totally comfortable with giving her an AI for five years. She was on uh, calcium and vitamin D preparation, had a prior bone density that was normal. I repeated the bone density. It was normal. I started her because of the longer history of data with Arimidex on that drug. And after three weeks follow-up, she had no symptomatology at all. And my plan is if in the future she develops myalgic symptoms, as has been done with the other practitioners in our office, we will obtain vitamin D levels and see if that isn't a culprit in these patients. But her bone density was normal. 